another week, another episode of Board Shenanigans is here to help you waste time better spent elsewhere. I'm Ryan Brewer, the man who thwarted the assassination of President Andrew Jackson, here to lead you another massive BS. Welcome. This is episode 18, A Few Rests More. One more week of restful for the listeners out there, and my returning guest is Cody Jeems. Some of you might remember him from the Guinness Book of World Records as the man at the center of the world's largest bukkake show. Oh, what? If you're waiting on me to give a fuck about what you say, you might as well pack a lunch. It's going to take a while. I'll, I'll make some soup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, folks, you're you're in for another another week of uh, board shenanigans where we've where there's more fucks or what is it? There's more fucks. Fu- or, God damn it! Over a million fucks served. That's a lot of fucks. That's a whole lot of fucking fucks. So, Brewer, anything wonderful, glorious, and or exciting happened to you this week? Um, I saw men dress up as a, as women. So, uh, after you quit looking in the mirror, what else happened? <laughs> that was it. Oh. No, um, oh, I guess a couple days ago, I have, I have a friend who is a lesbian, I guess the easiest way to put it. For her birthday party, we decided to go to, um, the, the, the gay bar to see a drag show. I don't, Cody, have you ever been to a drag show? Yeah. So then you know what I'm talking about here. Uh, I've, I've, been, I've been to actual drag shows, and I've also been to the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Thing, oh. So. Oh, that's got to be amazing. It is um, it is a whole lot of energy in a room, for sure. Because what they did was, you know, they, the you know men come out dressed as ladies, if you don't understand the concept of drag, I guess, and basically, like, lip sync to stuff and do, like, a striptease. <laughs> While people shove dollars at them and stuff. Oh, was it so? Was it just like it was just men dressed up like like women? It wasn't like women weren't wearing suits and shit too. I, no, I didn't see any of that. So there was just one very flamboyant guy dressed up flamboyantly. So I guess at least I think that was a guy. I'm pretty sure it was a guy. <laughs> just I guess very flamboyant. Um, the reception that they have there is far surpasses any reception I've ever seen any stripper ever get. Ever, I've, I've never seen a man make it rain in a in a strip club with girls taking their clothes off. But by God, did I see people make it rain there? Like literally, make it <laughs> rain. Like like wads of cash just like hurled in the air. So so I guess uh, men, men dressed up as women doing a strip tease or uh, strip professional strippers doing a strip tease. Who had the better moves? The men dressed up as women. Not only did they seem to really enjoy their work. <laughs> they had significantly better technique. They were very colorful. They were they were like they were like little they were like butterflies or pieces of wrapping paper floating in the wind or something. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, that's an amazing analogy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never look at confetti the same way again. It's exactly, yeah, like and like I said it was the thing of like, you know, like the guy gets up there and just like literally throws like twenty, maybe more ones at, at her just like and like gets up there and starts like grinding in front or grinding behind or grinding on the sides and so after after you got done throwing all your cash at the <laughs> at the um at the guys and danced on stage what did you do i did tip a couple of them because well because what's partially because it makes a good story for the podcast <laughs> <laughs> which that is the entire thing i'm thinking of while i'm sitting there is like oh my god i have something to talk about on the podcast drag shows also there you get a lot more for your dollar too it's like i'm like here's the dollar and they like they like grab your hand and like shove it down their bras <laughs> So like, and yeah, it was, it was pretty, um, it was a pretty enjoyable experience. And then there was this guy there, right? A guy at the drag show? No. Well, there were, I, okay. Let's put it this way. Opposed to like 
guys dressed as girls dancing, so I guess they're girls, right? There was just a, uh, like I said, the flamboyantly flamboyant guy of, of flamboyant town. Or his own flamboyant. Yeah. You know, he's flamboyant, you know, flamboyant, flamboyant, you know, flamboyant, you know kind of outlandish, flamboyant, flamboyant, yeah, flamboyant, okay, yeah, anyway. Man, was he getting it. It's the only way I can describe that sentence. Like, me and Ernie were sitting there talking like, man, like, he is, he is just owning every bit of the stage. <laughs> like, he, he was like, like, I applaud his, his, his moves. I, I, so we made Ernie go tip, right? Because right. I, I did. I'm like, okay, Ernie did it, and then, then his girl went and did it. And they were like, okay, Ernie, it's your turn. He's like, okay, okay, I'll get the next one. I'll get the next one. Well, there was only one dance left, and it was this guy. So Ernie had to go tip the guy, the the, the guy guy, <laughs> opposed to the girl guy. In dress. Yeah, I know. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and I want to say he kissed him on his cheek. Uh, the dancer, not Ernie, though. It was pretty awesome. Oh, it was a, it was an event. And, and another great thing about going to the gay bars, I've been there once before, and you always get free drinks. Which maybe it's just me and I'm sex. No, uh, apparently, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like how you didn't even finish that thought at all. You're like, well, maybe that is because I'm so stubby. No, never mind. No, probably not. Well, yeah, which I don't know. I guess they were just passing out. Like the bar itself was just like, hey, people need to drink more, and just started handing out. They handed out free beers and free other things and. Last time I was there, they they were handing out shots, just just for free. Which the shot was bubblegum vodka, uh, the Chad olives, th- three Chads, three Chads, bubblegum vodka, and bubblegum pop rocks. The idea was huh. you 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 take the shot of pop rocks in your mouth, and then you take the shot of bubblegum vodka in your mouth, like at the same time. Right. The only way I could possibly describe the experience that was in my mouth was. If gay had a flavor, that was it. <laughs> it. It was so happy and like excited. It was so free spirited and liberated. It didn't have to hide <laughs> hide in a package. Anymore. Yeah, it was just like, huh. So I decided to play stump the bartender there, just because I thought that'd be funny, like extra funny. Oh, how'd you do? <laughs> Very poor. Well. See, I never know when I play Stump the Bartender. Is it winning if you stump them and don't get the drink you ordered? Or is it winning when they actually know how to make the drink and give it to you? I take it as a win whenever they actually know what the hell your drink is you're talking about and they give it to you. Okay, so then I lost, I guess. Because I was like, okay, I'm going to order just like, because I think it'd be funny to order like, like, let's go, let's go straight for it. You know, old fashioned. Oh, oh, what? I was like, do you have bitters? No. Um, okay. Rusty nail. What? No. <laughs> So I just settled on the old standby, which this is how you know if I if I lost, I get a gin and tonic. But yeah, it was a it was definitely an experience that that all of you out there should do. Everyone out there in, in Podcastia, you need to go to at least one drag show. Which the one that it's been a long time since I've been to one, but like whenever I was living in Lubbock, I know I went to one, and it was kind of cool because it was uh like men and women, and they had kind of a big playing like you know they did different musical numbers but oh. um the one the one i remember distinctly was they did sunny and share <laughs> but the guy was share and the girl was sunny and like she had the fake mustache and everything it was pretty cool and they there was a lot of that actually going on where they'd they'd swap or um that's pretty funny i'm trying to think there was another one where they did that uh oh what what, what is it i did it my way the frank sinatra song uh yeah uh and it was like three it was three girls doing it but all of them were dressed up in suits <laughs> which was pretty cool and then uh then they and actually probably the uh most 
intense and vigorous uh, example of YMCA I have ever <laughs> seen in my life. Because it wasn't just four people. No, 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 no. There was like ten of them. And we had, you know, we had your Indians and your construction workers. And we had your cowboys. And then, like, I... I don't remember there being a biker in there, but there was also a postal worker, and then there was uh, obviously oh right, and then there was the construct there was a construction worker, and then there was a guy in a suit, but it was like it was like the we're not gonna wear a um we're not gonna wear a shirt under our suit and just the tie, and I, it, I was impressed with that one because like it was so what you would expect to see. But it was like they brought the energy so much, and they actually were pretty good. So. Oh yes, yeah, I know it you was. Know. I mean, it was like every, everyone was having a good time. People were dancing. Like I said, I, it was, yeah. That's the only thing I could possibly say is I think I've seen a better reaction to them there than I've ever seen, like, at a women's strip club. So so, so basically uh, what you're getting at is anybody that opposes homosexuality has obviously never been to a really good drag show because that changed their tune, right? Oh, yeah. And, I mean, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, so and see, that's the thing is, you know, there's, like, all, all up in it and all about it and just all excited and just yelling and, like, coming into the crowd and, like, shaking their whatnots all around. It was definitely a high-energy environment. Not, you could definitely tell that not everybody there was gay. Or, or, right. Because, I mean, there was, like, old ladies there that obviously were there just to see fortune and some proofs of drag shows. Oh, that's right. We do. <laughs> uh, oh, that's cool, man. And then, you know, I went and uh, played some pool while I was there and, um... Were they really were they really fantastic full full tables? No, they look like they've been used and have been sitting there for a while. <laughs> uh, like they used to, they might have seen a lot of action somewhere else, but then decided, but then migrated their way there. And one of a one of the balls got stuck after he put the coins in the slot. It was um, that's not a euphemism. I know. Uh, I know you would expect a lot more from uh, from a pool table at a, at a at a gay bar, right? And then see, well, that's another thing. If you're a straight person, go there because you'll get to like watch lesbians like grinding on each other, and that's always exciting and like Mac and hard. And so yeah, so I don't know. I don't understand these homophobes. I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> There's something for everybody. Like women, watch that part. Want a good time? Watch the energy in the high-powered show. You've you've paid more money for a concert than you did for this and seen a worse show. Yeah, I mean, there was no yeah. cover or anything. Yeah, and and see, that's another thing. It's like ladies. I guarantee you the guys are going to be real pretty there. <laughs> so you get some eye candy too. Right. But yeah, that that was my week. What what about you? Anything wonderful and or exciting, glorious, fantastical, or mesmerizing happen to you? Anything gay happen um, to you? Nothing gay, but I did find something uh, uh, kind of sexy. Um, so Yes, that's close enough. I, so uh, lately I have been completely enraptured by this blog I found, and I honestly don't remember how I found it. I want to say, and I know what you're thinking, oh god, here he goes, he's going to hawk his shit. He's <laughs> going to tell you to go to codyjeems.blogspot.com, or he's going to tell you to go to boardshenanigans.com, or he's going to tell you to go to go to, this, to texasfandom.com and read all of his stuff. I assure you, I'm not doing any of that. Well, that's good, because well, I don't I don't think our listeners want to hear any of it. Right. So what what I did actually find was, uh, and I, I think it was, uh, I found it through the poetry, which it's this uh, site called ExoticEscort.com, and, I, yes. and it's not what you, it's not what you're thinking, <laughs> or I think it's Exotic Escort Diaries. I, it'll be in the links of interest. 
If you just want a fascinating read, you need to go through and read some of this. What got me into it was like I was reading some of this this woman's poetry, and she's phenomenal. She's very, very talented. And I was like, okay, and then it's kind of got like about me, and I started reading it, and it's, um, you never find, I mean, she never obviously never reveals real name or uh, location. I mean, she's very, very vague about it, which rightfully so, but it's, a per- it's this woman that works in high-end um, prostitute as a high-end prostitute, um, and chose to be a high-end prostitute. wasn't pressured into it or anything like the way that her everything she says. Uh, she wasn't pressured into it, and it's her talk. And she has like different posts that talk about like basic prostitute etiquette, what it's like whenever you're a prostitute and you're in love with somebody else. Because she's at, at the time of writing, she's married to somebody. And she kind of talks about that, or um, just basics of the industry of how it works. Like, um, I guess at one po- at one point she worked at an actual brothel, and she talks about how a high end brothel works overseas. And it was extremely interesting because this is not a world I'm familiar with at all. I know, listeners at home, you're shocked to learn that I am not a high end high end prostitute. He's the low end kind fact, that's on on the corners, you know, with the pimp and the giant fuzzy hat. He's that kind. Uh, <laughs> I, yes, I, the only time you would ever actually get paid by the by the prostitute to solicit sex with you, reverse prostitute. That's what I am. Um, but uh, <laughs> in Soviet Russia, prostitutes pay you. Oh my God, it's extremely interesting to me. I mean, it's you know, I love hearing about other people's lives and passions and stories and whatnot. But it's just she's very well written. She's very well spoken. She strikes me as an extremely intelligent person. And this is totally this was my choice to do this. And then she talks about like different types of clients she'll have, like the ones that you know have various fetishes and like how you handle that and. It, it was just really, really interesting. Like, so, um, it'll be up in the links of interest and, uh, or in the show notes or somewhere. And, uh, if y'all, if y'all want to give that a whirl, y'all, y'all definitely should. Um, I very, very much enjoyed that. So that's kind of been what's, what's captivated me over the last little bit of time. So that's my new or wonderful or exciting. No, yeah. Um, other than that, um, <laughs> Justin came by a couple days ago and poppycocked out on me. He did poppycock out on you. Well, what did you do? <laughs> I ate it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm tempted to leave it at, at that and just, ah, fuck, I'll explain it. He was at um in Walmart, I guess, a couple days ago or someplace, and he found some sort of, like, like um, chattel Redenbacher popcorn. Oh, right, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> that, was titled po- that was titled yeah. poppycock. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and came by and, and, and presented me with his poppycock. Ah. <laughs> uh. Oh, uh, so, you told me, repeat it and tell everyone else. Uh, how did Justin feel about not getting divvied out for whenever we finally do break the show up and split our friends out? Yeah, this was the same day he came by and was like, oh, and by the way, fuck you, which I wasn't exactly sure why he was saying this to me, because he has many reasons to say that to me with every episode that we release. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) All of our friends do. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I was like, I thought he was still on about the whole, like, me calling him a drunk in that episode prior. But I guess it wasn't that. I guess he owns that. <laughs> um, anywho. He's like, fuck you, man. It's like, no one was going to fight over me for for what side I'm going to be on? Well, we're. I think we're going to rectify that right now. Uh, 
We're going to flip a coin for who gets Justin for whatever board shenanigans splits up. And, uh, we, we, you know, we take our separate ways. So I assume you have the coin ready. Well, um, I, I couldn't find a coin, but I found a, a beer bottle cap. Close enough. <laughs> yeah, I figured that's close enough for Justin. Uh, it's Killian's. Okay, so. So, um, here we go. Uh, drum roll, please. <laughs> Am I still drum rolling? Um, I think we're good. Okay. Uh, heads! Tails! <laughs> oh, I got heads. That's right, Justin. Whatever board shenanigans officially parts ways, you get to come over to Brent and I's side. We'll have we'll have three people per episode. It'll be amazing. The listeners won't even know what to do. Wait, so you're flipping flipping on who doesn't get him? Oh, I thought I thought you said you ah, oh, you crafty best. I mean, I, I was heads, so I thought that meant I got him. What was the well, flip okay, for? Okay, fi- fine, Justin. If you like, you got drafted to Brewer's side, but if you want to come over to our side so you don't have to be fourth man out and they let sign you some bullshit job like technical advisor then come on come on over to brent and i's mm. side with the rest of the talent <laughs> hey fuck you man i think we actually like we'd have a damn fine show thank you very much uh like you could actually understand what we were talking about outside of ernie's giggling yeah i mean i, I guess our conversations do get a little heady so <laughs> what uh do- Beandering Excitations, the podcast for the common man. <laughs> Is that your slogan? Um, I can't remember what your name was going to be. <laughs> um, I, I don't remember either. It's still, it's still, uh, Brent and I are co- cons- constantly brainstorming it to bring yeah. the best anti-born shenanigans experience. Uh, I, I, I think it was like uninteresting meandering yeah, or something. Uh, close enough. Um, <laughs> right. Yes. The uh, podcast for the common man. Oh, uh, as Justin slowly packs up his bags and's like, "Fuck it, I'm going to his. I'm going to. I'm going to Podcast Landia, where I'll be appreciated." I don't want to hear them talk about you know Carl Sagan and space elevators and George Orwell. Speaking of our rogues galleries, um, <laughs> yes. So it was it was ass damn cold this weekend. It <laughs> still works out of your life because it was fucking cold. It was ass damn like, cold. It was so. uh <laughs> Anyway, so I was sitting there and I was working this weekend. I was freeze. I was freezing my Royal Rastafarian and Anes off. Don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I was freezing. I was. What? I was freezing. Okay, so fine. I think I do cool. know what you're talking about, but <laughs> did you get like lost in that in that reference there? Well, I was going to explain it, and then I thought it was funnier if I said, fuck you, and now I'm getting to explain my explanation of not explaining it, so That's good enjoy enough. that, guys. Over-explanation, cast. Anyway, so I sent Ernie Ernie a text message just, like, half-heartedly, and I was like, so did you winterize your mailbox, or did it catch frostbite? And he's like, oh, it was big enough to withstand the cold. I'm like, no shrinkage, huh? It's like, a little bit, but it's still pretty identifiable. <laughs> I was like, okay, and then he goes, and then I go, uh... Even when your mailbox shrinks, isn't, isn't doesn't it always handle postage? He's like, I always have room for a flat rate box, which I enjoyed. Then I was like, so so wait a minute, do you accept packaging if it's damaged? If it can make it to your mailbox, I at least have to open it and see what's inside. And then and then the the question of the whole time, I was like, so are you a, a bubble wrap kind of guy, or do you prefer packing peanuts? Of course, bubble wrap. <laughs> of course. So, so postal postal corner with Ernie. Um, and then the other real funny one that I, that I got was, uh, 
I was freezing my fucking nards off, which are different than your inanes. It's on the sub level of your inanes. Uh, is, um, is it kind of like the the what, what's between your inanes and your 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 whatchamadingles? Uh, precisely. So I was, <laughs> sit, I was sitting there. Will of them. I was freezing those off, and I like just half-ass sent a message to Jarrett, and I was like, "Dude, can, can you?" Can you play like a a, wo- a warm summer breeze type song so it'll warm up a little bit? And I was like, so I was like uh, something like burning down the house, but uh, don't play like hot, hot, hot because I don't want it to get 110 degrees. And I guess he started playing his guitar about an hour later because the sun came out, it warmed up, and it was like really pleasant. And I sent him, a, I sent him a text. I was like, oh, dude, it's warm again. Thanks. And uh, at which point, I guess he decided like. Well, enough of that. And he started either playing Cold Train or Cold as Ice or something, because that's what the weather did. Once ag- once again, Jared is, uh, how, how did you put it, like, plucking the string theory of reality or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something to that effect. Yeah, he's, he's strumming the celestial strings. And that just dictates further, guys. I, if Cody sends you a random text message, it could be featured on your favorite podcast. <laughs> Huzzah! Uh... <laughs> Well, which speaking of Jarrett being cold as ice, that was a nice little run we had on his on his facey space a while back, where he posted like the most like overly selfie selfie of all selfie kind. It was uh, it was pretty it was pretty bad. You know what the funny thing is though, he probably just like really haphazardly looked himself in the mirror and was like, oh, I'll take a picture, and didn't try. It's probably what happened. And but like anybody else would have like had to set the lighting up for that, and he just kind of was like, oh, I'll get a picture of myself. Click. <laughs> it wasn't even that. Like he's just like, you know, there needs to be more pictures of me in the world, and then doesn't even use a camera; it just materializes on the internet in that in that fashion. There's like, there's a charity that's like, could you please send money to help with the late the latest world travesty? He just sends a picture of himself. <laughs> Do you accept pictures of charity as a form of currency? <laughs> Like that, um, remember the, <laughs> I'm getting sidetracked, but I have to mention this now. Remember that, that old thing where, um, like the guy, like, owed the bank, like, like 12 bucks, so he sends him a picture <laughs> of a spider? Oh, <laughs> uh, we, we have to put that in the Yeah, I'm gonna show put note. that up in, like, the show notes or something. <laughs> I, I sent you this picture of a spider. I value it at twelve ninety five. It's like, sir, we do not accept drawings as a form of payment. It's like, well, obviously one. I only drew it with seven legs. Here's the revised picture. <laughs> that, actually, oh. that might get in the links of interest because it is always pertinent. That... <laughs> Oh, which, that's funny. Which I totally did that on, like, a math test that I didn't know the answer to a question for. I was like, oh, here's a picture of a spider. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the funnier thing was, she gave me half credit for it. Because I guess the question was worth, like, I think the question was, like, worth, like, three points, and, and she gave me one point for it, just because I answered it. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, which, I mean, if I was ever a teacher, I would totally give some sort of credit for something like that. I mean, wouldn't just you? On, just down the creativity of total bullshit. Oh yeah, it was. <laughs> but anywho, what I was getting at about Jarrett's selfie was the nice little run we had there on on cold as icing him. That was pretty funny. So everybody that participated in that, because inevitably you're listening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed that, and it made it made my day when I saw it. Oh, uh, so speaking of selfies, social media, and I can't Killing think of another you? way to. <laughs> I can't think of a better way to transition into this. Whatever happened to Tom from MySpace? No, oh. is 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 he on? Is he on Facebook now, or is uh? That's a good question. 
Mark Zuckerberg on MySpace, or was he ever? <laughs> come These on, the come on, man. We need Nobody's know. on MySpace. I mean, <laughs> that's a good point. MySpace definitely is the old, deserted uh, ghost town of social media sites. Like, whatever, like, fucking Vine and uh, whatever, like, Brent's vampire blog was, have, uh, <laughs> have more people on it. <laughs> Is it even a site anymore? Is it just like, or do you get a 404 error whenever you um, go there? Let's find out. That's right. As we pursue the elusive and once illustrious MySpace on board shenanigans, we creep upon it, typing its name into the address bar and clicking enter. What do we find? Oh, good lord, I don't know what I found. He doesn't know what he found. Um, it says, this is MySpace real big. Why not? And we got, like, pictures of people trying to look cool, it looks like. I, I, yeah, huh. Well, so people, you can stop looking, stop clicking, you can, guy driving your car, you can get back on the road so you can get to work on time. Yes, in fact, Tom from MySpace has a Facebook account. Oh, yeah? We have just deduced this. Um, apparently there's quite a few articles bitching about it because we don't know why. Huh. And funny, funnily enough, he, uh... <laughs> he uses the same fucking picture. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Think it's actually him or just someone, like, pretending to be him? Oh, uh, well, there's a Slate article. There's a Slate article about it. Um, so, I, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, let's see. Uh, he has a Twitter, a Facebook, a Google+, and apparently is a real estate investor now. Oh, so if you, uh... If, if you type a message to him, does it just re- respond as woohoo? I, I don't know. Let's find out! <laughs> Remember, that's what it was, right? I, I, I think so. Yeah, I don't know. I he, he seems to have a lot of pictures of bridges and mountains. <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, I, I don't know. The, ooh, the, Appa- I, apparently once you like have a giant social media fad, sell it and move on, you can take... Uh, pompous pictures of bridges in australia um, all right well i can i can sleep tonight knowing that <laughs> really is that what was that what was gnawing at you all these years it was it gnawed at me in a small small teeth because apparently i hadn't used google that entire time what's well, so. just so much work <laughs> i i gotta go to the freaking bar i gotta type the thing in next thing you know i was looking to see like what his likes are he doesn't seem to like MySpace. He's like, fuck that shit. I sold that years ago. He was like, I didn't like it in the first place. Everybody's always talking to me. Well, I, I, I had to I, sit I, here and say woohoo day and night because we didn't invent some sort of auto-reply thing. I just sat there and typed woohoo. <laughs> because apparently I'm a unhappy Canadian for some reason. This is the voice I... This is, of course, what Tom would sound like. Oh, of course, yes, indeed. I just love a double-double and some ten bits. Oh, you came to die with your city. <laughs> oh, wrong, wrong accent. Sorry. I, I, I thought it was like, Pat, I thought it was Bane versus Tom. It was like, no, I came to social media with it. It's like, Theatricality, social media, and deception are powerful agents. But darkness, I was bored of this. Now, see, there's, a there's like, a remake of that movie. The, the Dark Knight Rises, starring Tom. <laughs> so that's who it should have been instead of uh, the Affleck, Christian, or whoever it was. 
Christian Bale. Oh, I meant this new Batman. Oh, I was about to say, because like, you don't like Christian Bale Batman? Because, frankly, I thought he did a damn fine job. Uh, no, I'm just still, you know, like, why did we remake it a, a year after it was over? Or, or reboot it, or, or re-wax it, or recycle it, or... Oh, uh, see, I'm actually not against. I'm actually not really against this idea, and the reason I'm not really against this idea is uh, because, realistically, as much as I'm not a huge Superman fan, he should be the center of DC Comics universe. And if you try and it, the Man of Steel movie was actually pretty all right. I mean, it wasn't my favorite, but I certainly think I enjoyed it more than probably one since like the uh, first Superman or this second Superman with. Uh, Almost said with Clark Kent, but of course he would be in a Superman movie. Um, I mean, it's fucking, based on a true story, so why wouldn't you use him? Uh, whatever the Reeves. Um, anyway, I didn't think it was bad, but honestly, I mean, he should be the center of the universe. And since Batman has had an extremely successful franchise, it would make sense to put him in the next Superman movie. So, you know, that way it gives Superman a little more traction and you can go a different route with Batman and maybe, hopefully, actually do a Justice League movie because... Come on, the Avengers movie kicked so much ass that I really would like to see DC do a Justice League movie. And then, I don't know, maybe, just maybe, one day we'll do Justice League versus the Avengers, because that would be awesome. See, I was hoping for the whole Civil War story. I figure that's what we, they got to be, like, building up to with, with the Avengers movie, right? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know that it was... It was a good idea, and there were parts of it that were very good, but all in all, I, I think it's so inclusive... In, and you have to be really in-depth in the Marvel Comics lore to actually really fully appreciate it. So I, I don't know that you could really tell that story on stage. I'm still flummoxed that they're going to put Ant-Man in it. Like, how is Ant-Man getting a movie? I mean, he's an interesting enough character, but Ant-Man? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I can get I, tiny. And I mean, That's a power that'll be useful, right? Well, and uh, sit back, guys, because I'm going to bitch for a minute. You know what really like disappoints me the most is, okay, Marvel's tried a lot of things, and they've done things well. Like, okay, the first Blade movie was pretty solid. I wasn't a big fan of 2 or 3, but they were okay. And, you know, they did a good job with, like, X-Men about the X-Men, and First Class was pretty okay, but, like, for some reason we keep focusing on Wolverine, but that's another digression for another time. But, I mean, they've done pretty good with those. I mean, the Fantastic Fours were terrible. Anybody that says they like them's lying. If not to, if not to who asks you, lying to yourself. But they've actually done a pretty good job of trying multiple avenues and, like, okay, this character has a chance. And, I mean, granted, some guys got shafted pretty hard. I mean, Daredevil got shafted hard. Like, real hard. He deserved a better movie than that. But all in all, they've done a pretty good job of like taking their content and actually translating it into the in you know into the cinema medium. But DC has not done a good job at all. Like they did a really good job with Batman, and they tried Superman twice, and I think this one's gonna stick. But how the fuck do you screw up a Green Lantern movie? To me, that's number three on your list. As it goes. You know, it's your Supermans and your Batmans in whichever order you want to put them in, because in, you know alphabetical is obviously the correct order. Um, and then, and then you should go, and then it should go Green Lantern, and then, and then Green Lantern's even debatable with Wonder Woman. Why isn't there a Wonder Mo Woman movie yet? Because that would be amazing. Well, they were supposed well, to be, but then they decided they were going to make that series again that lasted for like two episodes. 
Well, yeah, but that was fucking stupid. They actually should have pushed that. Or Flash would be a cool one. That's another main character. If And hell, since Marvel managed to actually sell Thor and all of his lore and all of his stuff, you could realistically do a Martian Manhunter movie if you go about it that same tone. But I don't think DC's trying that hard. I mean, I feel like Marvel's doing so much more, so much better. Granted, there's been some epic flops. Like, Punisher Warzone was horrible. I haven't even seen it. Uh don't. I, I feel like they're trying a lot harder than DC is, and I, I really wish DC would get their shit together. Or, or because... that first Hulk movie? Good lord. Oh, lord. But whatever it was, like Flying Hulk, Hulkapalooza, whatever it was. Oh, like hippity-hoppity Hulk's coming, coming down the way because I'm the Hulk and I can jump for miles and miles. I mean... Yeah. I, I, no, that was, that was really bad, but... <laughs> How bad was it? It was bad. It was so bad. It was really goddamn bad. It was bad. But, I mean, I just don't feel like DC's even trying. Like, I can... If I knew that they were actually going to push another character, then I think I could swallow a really bad Green Lantern movie. But I don't think they're going to, and... Like, you know, like, why isn't Green Arrow getting a shot? I mean, there's so many good DC characters. That I mean, just... I guess there's that Green Arrow TV show, which I have yet to watch. Um, I watched a little bit of it, and I, I kind of just feel like I didn't give it a fair enough shake, and I realistically would like to give it another shot. Of course they don't come and ask me, but I'm just saying, I would. I feel like they're they're kind of not doing that, that great of a job. On that same hand, though, I mean, I guess my biggest complaint about the way that DC is gone, or I mean, not DC, the, my everything about the way Marvel is gone is, uh, I don't really like the way they went with Nick Fury, and I don't like that they went Ultimate Nick Fury. Like, I get it, he's Samuel L. Jackson, that's amazing, but Garth Ennis is having the best run of Nick Fury ever, I've ever read of the character going on right now, or he just finished it. And it will never make it because he's white, and he's old, and he's crusty, and he's bitter. And it'd be the best Nick Fury movie if they would make that movie. They aren't going to, but it would be a really cool way to go. So, anyway, that had nothing to do with anything we were talking about, but I had to get it out of there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've been digging Samuel Jackson, Nick Fury, just because, I mean, I, I think he's playing it the way you have to play it if you're Samuel Jackson playing Nick Fury. I mean, well, I mean, he's just Samuel L. Jackson, though. Yeah, which, <laughs> he's Jules, actually, I guess. <laughs> Has Nick Fury. I mean, he yeah, he's every, uh, you know, he's every character he's ever been. Like, I really like, I really legitimately do like Samuel L. Jackson, but he's Samuel L. Jackson in every movie he plays. Even when he's getting eaten by a shark. Or or whenever he's... Uh, <laughs> a Nazi? Yeah, uh, I mean... <laughs> or, or whatever the... Or, or an Afro or, Samurai, yeah. Or where's a kilt? <laughs> <laughs> I almost forgot about that movie. I mean, you ever want to see Samuel Jackson in a kilt? Look up a movie called um, The Spirit. No, no, it's um, oh, fuck. What was it called? Um, the the one where the the drugs. Um, oh, the one that he's in with the drugs. That one. Yeah, we're like the, we're um, with Meatloaf. He's wear, he wears a kilt. He's in it with Meatloaf. I, I, if you're not interested now, I don't know. <laughs> I I almost said the seven percent solution, but that's completely wrong. <laughs> but something like that, I want to say. Uh, Formula Fifty One. Formula Fifty One. That's it. Uh, damn good movie. Give it a watch sometime. Well, that, after that digression... Yeah, I digressed, you digressed further. Actually, I think I digressed further, and you just happened to be on the trailer. Uh, yeah. In a world where digression isn't the way it's supposed to be... Run, no, here it comes! <laughs> one man, one reverend, both digressors. What were we talking about again? Um, I don't know. 
Coming this summer. <laughs> oh, you said I was in the trailer. That's why I went that route with it. <laughs> you were confused. Oh, okay. I was legitimately confused. I did not make that connection at all. I literally sat here confused the entire time. Uh, so, mission accomplished, I guess? I, I guess. I don't know. So, in other news that's kind of actually legitimate news, sort of, um, I, you I got a, a fucking new microwave, and it's balls-ass horrible. That's... <laughs> Well, okay. oh, is that not the legitimate news you want? No, to hear? no, no. Actually, I want to hear this. Like, like I know, you, I know you're heating up right now just thinking about it. So, so tell us about it. Like, oh, I yeah, want to know. I'm, I'm gonna radiate for a little bit here. <laughs> we had this microwave, right? Fine enough microwave. Just occasionally, when you cooked things for te- you know terribly long, like 20 minutes in it, it would sometimes shut itself off. Probably a good thing, you know, opposed to exploding. But whatever. So my mom didn't like it. So she's like, we need a new microwave. I'm like, yeah, I guess, whatever. So we go to the store, and we get a new microwave. And, like, in the store, I realize this is not the microwave for me. Microwaves, they kind of call to you. You know when there's a microwave for you. They're they're like the they're like the wands in Harry Potter. There you go. There's a nerd joke. They, they, they call for you. This was not the one for me. Because it has some sort of weird, crazy rigmarole. Like, if you want to, like, say, set it for, like, a minute and 35 seconds, you have to hit, like, five billion buttons to do this. Not just three. You have to, like, first you have to choose, like, oh, let me choose this setting, and then let me type in the time, and now I have to choose, like, the, the voltage I want it to go on. No, no. When I want to cook something in a microwave, I just want to go, I don't know, beep, 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 cook. Not, like, the, the problem I have with this microwave is the same problem I have, like, with Windows, like, every window since Vista. Like, let's overly categorize things and, and overly organize them and try to dumb it down as much as possible. I don't know how you can dumb down a microwave for, more for people, but they found a way. <laughs> I miss the days when microwaves had knobs on them. And you went to the knob and you turned the knob and you're like, yeah, that looks about how long I want it. And then you just wait and it dings. And it dings once. No more dinging but the one ding when it's done. Not like all these, the one I had prior and this one. Like, if you don't get there, like, just right away when your food's ready, it'll just kind of beep at you from now on until eternity. The one we got. So <laughs> I, I understand part of your pain. Um, the whenever I whenever I moved out and like I had like my own my own spot and I was living in that RV I had like my brother-in-law gave me the, like their old microwave which their old microwave was his mom's wedding gift from 1980 <laughs> a good year 80 yes <laughs> but, uh, it, it was the height was, of the drug years <laughs> it was old it was heavy it was awkward remind you of anyone apparently not <laughs> anyway um, yes, Cody, it reminds me a lot of you. No, I just wanted the awkward silence for the sake of funny. And now you have me explaining the awkward silence for the sake of funny, so more of that. Anywho, um, so like, uh, it was, you know, knob start, that was all you had. Whatever, from the time we moved in together into, into the apartment we live in, until we got a new one, Madison hated that microwave. Hated it. I loved it, because it was easy and convenient. Um, and so the one we got, it does that bullshit where like the one we got, if we got married, like the new one, you know, you put like, you know, minute 30. And then if you don't get up and like minute 30 is up, beep, beep. And then every like five seconds, beep, 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 beep. And it's like, go fuck yourself. I don't have time to sit here with food in me. It needs to be in you. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> you could be cooking something else right now, but you're not. 
And by the time when you get there, it's probably not going to be, you're going to need to put it in for longer anyways, because you're like, oh, it's still cold. Or all I know is I am not a fan of this microwave. My, like, rebellion against the, the previous microwave that, that was, you know, digital and had the buttons was, was like, well, it's, you know, with the knob, you never get it exactly, presumably, right? You always get, like, a minute 32 or, you know, 59 seconds, because, you know, you're never going to line that thing up properly. So I'd always, like, to rebel against it, type in just an, an exact number, like, I want it, I want to cook this for one minute and 34 seconds. Why? Why not? That was my rebellion against the, against the digital microwave system anyways, and now, now I can't do that without, they, they've like successfully invented a microwave that I can't troll. It trolls me. In Soviet Russia, microwave troll you! Oh, somewhere there's a microwave tech, like microwave development technician laughing, laughing with unabashed glee at your struggles over their overly convoluted microwave. So does your mom like such microwave or does she I, hate it as much as you do? I guess she enjoys it. I don't know. I, I, we still have this other one. I'm really tempted to set up the old one in my room so I have my own personal microwave. <laughs> one that I can get by on and use. Oh, that's funny. I am not a fan of this microwave. This microwave, like, curses me. It, it curses my existence all day and night. I can hear it in there right now, leering at me, saying dirty You can hear it leering? How does one hear something leering at you? I'm just curious as to exactly how this works. I don't know what your problem is. Like, you can't? Like, there's obviously something wrong with you if you can't hear this. <laughs> uh. <laughs> all I know is that microwave's an asshole. You heard me! You're an asshole! <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, shouting at inanimate objects. That's funny. And, and see, the other thing that... The other thing about this microwave, right? Oh, there's more? Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Uh, apparently, it's got a 24-hour clock on it, opposed to your AM, PM. And I guess when my mom went and set the clock, she didn't understand that concept. So now it's exactly 12 hours off, which also bugs me. So go reset the clock. I refuse to touch it. So it's <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a heretic microwave. Get it away from me. I need to set up a toaster oven and, and like and rebel against it. Cause that, that's what you do, right? Toaster ovens are like the the anti microwave, right? Wouldn't a campfire be the anti microwave and like cooking it that way, or an old wood burner stove? No, because I figured you know like. I figure there's, like, you know, two camps. You know, there's PC, Mac, you know, Boxer's Brief, Coke, Pepsi, microwave toaster oven. See, apparently our house works in a utopian-like society because we've got them both next to each other and they exist harmoniously. Do they? Or or in the middle of the night, do they do they fight a war? Do they, you know, do they open up their eyes and grow little feet and, you know, walk around like Toy Story style or Brave Little Toaster? Is there, like, a Brave Little Toaster war in your, in your kitchen at night? Uh, well, if there's a radio that talks like an old-timey radio that, that is out fighting for peace and good night to all the ships at sea, that's the voice I was trying to get to and struggling to. If there's a radio that talks like this, I'll be quite content. Uh, tootie fruity, old Rudy. That's a really hard. That's a that's a really hard voice to do out of nowhere. So, so you're saying that the Brave Little Toaster was not a documentary? Is that what you're telling me? Uh, I'm sorry to break it to you. It wasn't. There's also no Tooth Fairy, Santa Claus, Unicorns, or Jesus. Oh. I, but Santa, he's, he's real. I mean, he's, he's not a nice person, but he's real, right? 
Yeah, the Grinch, is, the Grinch is who you're looking for. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously the Grinch. I mean, he's the one that who who is actually protecting us from that evil bastard. Uh, see what happens is Santa leaves you gag gifts, and then the Grinch sneaks into your house, and you always see him stealing stuff, but you he doesn't have any time to make any new toys to replace like the bad things that Santa leaves you. Once again, it is a it is a Yule Tide psyops campaign perpetrated by old Saint Nick himself. Nothing saintly about that bastard in his bowl full of jelly belly that fat bastard speaking of fat bastards do you have anything else <laughs> uh well i guess in a slightly more hard-hitting news i i and i assume that everybody here has conventional news so we're not breaking anything and if we are you really need to reevaluate the way in which you ingest your news but uh nelson mandela died so uh that's a thing yeah because because, you know, he kind of was the reason that there isn't apartheid in South Africa anymore and was really, like, basically was the South African version of Martin Luther King. So that was a big deal. And, you know, I mean, he was in his 90s, so he was going to die. But, uh, <laughs> That's what, really what happens with people in their 90s. It was actually pretty cool. I, I kind of I wasn't super familiar with the man, so I went and read about some of the stuff he did. And he actually pulled off some pretty amazing feats in his life. So want something to read? Go look at that, kids. But uh, my favorite thing about the Nelson Mandela funeral service was uh, this little this little bit in the news that's coming out now where uh, so the sign language interpreter that was there next to basically the collective re- leaders of the free world, you know, Obama was there. I know Clinton and Carter were there. Um, w. Bush was there. Uh, fr- you know, prime ministers, every, like basically the free world went to go and, you know, see, see this man get buried because he had a lot of clout and he did a lot of good things. And frankly, it looked bad for publicity if you didn't show up. But, uh, the guy that was doing the, uh, was doing the sign language interpretations apparently was full of bullshit and actually was not interpreting anything. He was just doing, just doing random signs. They found out after the fact, like, wait a minute, none of this makes sense. Because uh, apparently there was some sign language. There was probably somebody there read, seeing the sign language being like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense signing at them. And they didn't know what they were doing. Um, I'm sure. I'm so I'm he, sure. He that, was just putting his hands in the air and waving them like they just don't care. The guy, the guy that got caught doing it, he was like, well, oh, well, I'm a schizophrenic and I was having an episode and I was trying to fake my way through it. Because waving your arms around in the air is the most is the most inconspicuous way to cover up for your schizophrenic attack. Like, what's going on with that guy over there? Is he is he having is he an epileptic? Is he a schizophrenic? Oh no 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 no, he's just doing sign language. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, he, he just wanted to see if he could pull one over on the world. And that's actually what I think happened. I really legitimately think he he managed to just go and uh, you know do a photo bomb for lack of better ways to put it on on, on most of the free world. I, I, I if if that's legitimately what his goal was was just to pull a fast one. I salute that option. I just I think it's really funny that if that was his motives, and this is a big if because he may legitimately be somebody who's suffering from some some crazy condition, or he may have actually had you know malicious intent. None of that scene is you know nobody knows yet. But if it was all bullshit, I salute the bullshit. I mean, even if he's crazy, I don't think it's necessarily an excuse because, I mean, first off, he wouldn't have applied for this job. That's the other thing is, like, apparently the company that hired him, like, they're the, like recommended him and they hired him from, completely get disappeared. Nobody knows where they went. Yeah, I, it was probably just him. I mean, he went, there's no way he could, you know, play the crazy card or like, oh, no, I was schizophrenic. No, it's it's got to be like he wanted to do this. This was I, an idea of his. There's no way he could be just crazy I, I agree I, I mean i completely agree the only person who's crazy is like was the guy that hired him i guess really you know like 
Well, for well, not like consulting. I mean, but I guess if you're in what a you're the cheapest sign language person we got out there. Like well, everyone else wants to charge like forty bucks an hour, and you're only asking for ten. You're hired, Mister. He's like, oh yeah, I just love press conferences. I do it for the joy and the love. Well, I mean, I guess if that's the case, uh, the cheapest is not always the best, there, folks. Yeah, I mean that's the only thing I can explain it to me. I, I don't know. I thought I thought that was uh, that was probably one of the little funnier news bits that happened because it's like. The only thing that does kind, I do think, is kind of ridiculous, but this is me, like, trying to way push it. I think of all the times and all the places to go and uh, do that and be an ass like that, if it was just for the sake of doing it to be an ass like that, maybe not at this guy's funeral. I mean, maybe there's other places, but on that same hand, if you're going to go and be an ass like this in front and be that close to every member of the free world, maybe that's a good time. I I don't know. (laughs) He's like, I just need the most views possible. Well, and maybe he had a personal slight against Nelson Mandela. I don't know. Maybe he, like, you know, kicked his cat or something. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? I guess also, to continue with some somber news, um, I, I, got, a, I got a somber news story that's also not breaking either. Born shenanigans, not breaking and, and overly somber. Go ahead. I think this, this news story came out probably about a year ago, but I just heard of it recently because I was listening to back issues of um, the Nerdist podcast, and um, they brought this up, and it... It saddens me almost as much as it saddens them, so I need to bring it up. Are you aware that back in 1992, Las Vegas almost built a life-size replica of the Starship Enterprise? Yeah. NCC-1701A? Yeah. They almost built this back in 92, but it didn't happen because of, you know, some some asshole. This project would have cost $150 million, which realistically, if you think about it, is pretty cheap for a hotel, I would say. Or a Starship. <laughs> like, full-size replica. And it was gonna sit in the, the old, uh, old downtown Las Vegas, which I guess they were trying to revitalize the thing. And the mayor was like, fuck yeah, we need this. And, like, the, the president of Paramount was like, fuck yeah, this is a thing that needs to happen. All these other people signed on to it. I, I guess, like, all the other hotels didn't. They, they backed the other project, which if you, is the Fremont experience thing. You know, the, the giant, the giant right. covered Fremont Street with all the pictures that they projected on it that's what ended up winning i guess the guy that said no was the the ceo of paramount which to me the president sounds like he has more stock than the ceo so i don't know why this didn't happen i guess he was afraid that like if like oh yeah it's really great but you know what if the next movie flops or or what if like the hotel doesn't go over well then it's a monument to our failure and I'm like, yeah because star trek is a thing that's going away yeah that, that's my thing is like no it's not i mean it would be the mecca of all trekkies they, they would go there just to, i mean take their picture in front of it hell they would want to work there you wouldn't even have to pay your staff it'd be entirely star trek fans because you know the entire staff of a hotel that was the enterprise would have to be wearing starfleet uniforms and wouldn't you want to wear a Starfleet uniform all day to work? Uh, I don't, unless it was a red, red shirt, I don't think I'd want to wear it. Well, see, I'm, I'm guessing probably it would be the, you know, since it's the Enterprise A, it'd be the ones from the movie. Oh, so it'd okay. be the really fancy ones. You know, the guys like working behind like the front desk and, you know, concierge, they'd obviously be command. Janitorial staff, they, they would obviously be your engineering. Um, well, security would obviously wear red as well. And then, I, I guess, like, medical would be the people that bring you towels. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, I don't, I'm so angry that this didn't happen. Cause, for that matter, like, the next movie, they could have shot there. They would have a full-size replica of the Enterprise to shoot at. I'm just bummed out this didn't happen. So, what I'm announcing is, uh, the Borchnagans, uh, Kickstarter page. We're trying to w- raise $150 million to build the Star Trek 
hotel. You're proposing to the same group of our fan base that we can't hardly get to go leave comments or go to our iTunes and download things or go send goddamn hate mail to us. You're 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 proposing to that same same illustrious group of people that they're going to give us money now. Well, they're not giving us money. They're giving the world money. They're giving the world what it needs. A life-size replica of the Enterprise. I, I really can't fight you on this because I would love to see it too. I would move there. Yeah, I'd, I'd work there. Wait, 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 wait. Work? You? You know, get to pretend I'm on. Uh, I would be on the Enterprise. I wouldn't even be pretend. Get wear my uniform and wa- walk around you know, all self-important. So what's different than what you do now, other than be on a starship? Well, I guess there's nothing really. I've prepared for this job for years, and I didn't even know it. Exactly. Uh, aren't I just in a starship right now in my mind? Well, I figured the way you have Command Central set up for the podcast, you probably feel like you're in a starship. I do. Over there having a conference with the enemy, negotiating a treaty. Oh, yeah, I, I stand, you know, I, I always have to stand up when I'm on my webcam and, like, tuck my shirt down every few seconds. <laughs> it's called the Picard Maneuver. Uh, do you, I, I'm sure you're sitting overly awesome in your chair right now. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm swaggered, you know, over to one side in my chair, you know, only using half of it, with a willful smirk on my face and... As I lust after the ensign to bring me my captain's log. That's right. And now occasionally, it's... a crotchety old man walks in and tells me what he's not. <laughs> so, Which is... wait, 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 wait. If we had to cast the rogues <laughs> gallery as members of Star Trek, who would be who and why? Go. Okay. Um. First off, uh, Jarrett would be Khan, I think. I wasn't expecting that, but I totally see it. Yeah, they're both practically perfect in every way. Well, I, I guess I would obviously be Captain Cook, right? Um, okay. <laughs> okay, why not? Because I, I am in command, and I have a chair, and um, would that make you Dr. McCoy, because you're always grumpy? No, see, I was thinking Justin would have to be McCoy, because he strikes me as McCoy. Um, Just because? I guess he's grumpy, too. Well, he's grumpy, and don't you think, like, damn it, Jim, I'm a software technician and not a... I don't know. Not a bricklayer. I mean, that just seems like something he would say. Which I figured you were inevitably going to cast me as Scotty because I was I was fat and I often complain about things. Was what I thought you were going to do. I assumed that Jarrett was going to be Spock. Actually, well, see, that, that's that's an idea. Yeah, I'm like I'm not sure who Spock is. I, I just thought Khan would be. That's funnier. I, I guess that makes I guess that makes Ernie what uh, Chekhov. You think it'd be Chekhov or Sulu? Because I was thinking Brent would have to be Sulu. <laughs> Brit could be Sulu, I guess. He he does say oh my a lot. He's a better navigator than Ernie, I guess. I just really with the kid like I'm having a really hard time like I'm stuck between Ernie saying like nuclear vo- vessels and uh, <laughs> freaking freaking Brit being like oh my. So I guess like that makes Cece Ohora by default. Oh, that's what I was. Go- well, I mean she could be Nurse Chapel, I guess. Okay, well then who's Ohora? Um, Madison or Brandy? Who's better at answering the phone? Let's go with Brandy. Okay, I think she answers phones well. <laughs> What an arbitrary casting decision! Like, well, who who's a better who's a better receptionist? Which you know, I don't know if you ever noticed this. Ohura is actually like third in charge on the bridge. Yeah, I mean, she's actually she's command level and has a lot of power on there. Like, whenever Kirk and Spock are gone, and you know they need Scotty in the engine room, a lot of times it falls to Ohura to be in charge, and nobody mentions it. Yeah, I mean, she's realistically one of the highest ranking people on there. I guess because she's black and answers phones, no one ever thinks about it, and a woman. So I guess on the other end of the world if we were going to cast cast our friends as star wars who would be who and why um justin would be chewy <laughs> obviously 
Um, see, see, and I, I guess I was thinking it was going to be Brett was going to be Chewy because you can't understand a damn thing he says. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I was just going based on uh, the fur they, level, pretty much. Yeah, because come on, <laughs> Brent and fur don't really mix at all. Um. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So I, I just assume you're gonna you're, you're gonna cast yourself as Han Solo. Well, I mean, if you're gonna say it, I'll take the role. <laughs> oh, I figured as much. So uh, let, let, let me get this straight: like you're gonna make me be Luke, but not like Luke Return of the Jedi Luke. You're gonna make me be like Luke. Like I don't know. Like I don't want to clean clean out the uh, evaporate evaporators, Luke, on fucking. <laughs> yeah, like Luke has to go to the Haji station. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Gotta get the gotta get some power inverters. <laughs> the one that's like the, the scruffy this... nerf herder one. Yes, scruffy nerf herder Luke. Uh, Han was the scruffy nerf herder, but anyway, whatever. I'm sure I'm sure Luke has been called the scruffy nerf herder in his day. Yeah, all I get to do is like the fucking R2 unit comes or the whatever the fucking robot comes out and it like blows up. It's like it's got a bad motivator. Yeah, I get to be that guy. I <laughs> know. Would you? You could either be that or you could be Jabba the Hut. Take your pick. Uh, well, I actually wouldn't it be. If you got to be Han, wouldn't I get to be Lando? I guess that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, you could be Lando. I don't know anybody else that would make a good Lando. You'd make a good black guy. <laughs> and then you could also have some sweet Colt 45. I like how we don't even cast ourselves as, like, main characters. We're just, like, supporting actors. Because those are the cool ones. Oh, yeah, of course. I I, I guess Ernie would obviously be, um, uh, Greedo. <laughs> um... Well, uh, Jar- I, Jared's the guy. Jared's the guy playing the music. See, I figured he would either be uh, Obi Wan or he would be Yoda. Because even after, even if he's not there, you can still hear hear his wisdom speaking to you. That's a good point. And um, he's been known to be green at times. Why not? <laughs> I thought I thought you were telling us a little a little bit about a uh, little bit something special about uh, Jared there. But uh, okay, what 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 did, what did we decide that? Brent was? I don't know. Uh, C-3PO? <laughs> sure. Why not? Because even though he says any things, he's often confused, and then that me would make Brandy R2, because she obviously runs the show. And beeps and boops a lot? I don't know, man. I'm really not going to dig into that part of their relationship. Oh. For anybody listening at home that didn't catch that, that was a uh, sexual, sexual implicit allocation of words that don't quite fit together, but I'm going to roll with it. That, that, <laughs> that, was, that was... I'm trying to use big words to sound I, all smarty, but, but I, don't I don't know, know how, how to, to hook use them. They hurt my head when I think about them. You know, that was one of them uh, sexual, like, emiendos, where, you know, you say, like, the conflagration of the, you know, eclipse. Yeah. Alrighty, failing my way along there. That was pretty bad. So, so who's the emperor then, or Darth Vader? Well, see, I I fucking backed myself into a corner because who who do we cast as the villain? Since Brent's not the villain, fine. CC and Matt, y'all can you can be the emperor and Darth Vader. You you decide who's who. Okay, now, but so then who's doing the voice of Darth Vader then now? Because <laughs> obviously one of them's Darth Vader. So like Matt's Darth Vader, right? I think Madison can do it. I think that'd be that'd be <laughs> like the idea of of CC being like, good. Now release your anger. Uh, and see i i like i like the whole the whole idea of my wife being like luke i'm your father but it's like like luke i'm your father 
I just, I think that's funny. Put that down, get over here! Oh, I guess in a completely unrelated news, like, you know... Probably a good thing. <laughs> right? As we jump drive our way across the galaxy to something else! Yeah, trekking right along here. Yep, yep we are. I didn't have another space related Wormholes! I'm just gonna pass up that gate. Ah, uh, that would've been a way better way to go about it. I guess we can stop John fingering around. Uh, so, <laughs> did, you, so did you hear about the, uh... I don't know what that means in that connotation either, but we should probably stop doing it to one another. I, I am putting that down, and I'm coming over here now. <laughs> oh, funny. Uh, anyway, so, um... Yes? <laughs> made me laugh. Uh, never dies. Did you hear the Did you hear the news piece about the uh, the like underage drinkers in Minnesota? Did you hear about this? Um, I heard about it from you. Well, I'm gonna repeat it to you, and then everybody else can enjoy it. Again, doing nothing to break news or have hard hitting. Well, this is more of a frostbite-inducing story. Um, <laughs> it's ass damn cold. Is that what you're saying? Yes, it is. Uh, so, it was, I want to say Minnesota, um, if not so some, say other, it. some other, yeah, <laughs> some other really cold state, if not there. Um, so, uh, it was like three or four kids, all, all of them were in college, but under, under the age to drink, uh, and it was th- the one girl and like three guys, the way I understood the story, and it was, uh, they went out and they went and partied and everybody got, like, you know, they, the girl got real, real shit-faced and so they decide, oh, well, we're going to take you to your house and let you get home or whatever. Well, they take, they take her to her house and, uh, she has her phone, she has her keys, like, the way that the story, like, their story went was she went to the door and they left, assuming she's at the house. Well, she was at the wrong house, her keys didn't fit, and apparently she was so drunk she actually passed out on the front porch. Well, now it wound up being, like, negative 18 that night. And she got severe frostbite and is probably going to lose her arms and her legs. So the question came up on the radio, which I actually really kind of enjoyed. And I talked about it with my wife and we had a pretty spirited debate about it. Who's liable? Is it just her or are the people that decided to take her and get her home and failed to do so? Are they liable? Should they suffer some sort of uh, some sort of uh, legal repercussions? So See, what do you I, think? I think it's just her fault because... They took her to what they assumed was her house, and she walked up the door and inserted keys into it. No, no, no. Like, they didn't actually ever see her go to the door. Like, they never saw her enter the house. She never well, yeah. actually got, like, she just walked up to the door and they just left. They were betting that she knows where she lives, and presumably maybe they don't know where she lives, which is, seems to be the case. It's not their job to be, you know, a phone book of everyone's address. Well, my um, point is, though, is it's the Good Samaritan law, which is the law where if you decide, like, it's like if someone's hurt on the side of the road, and you go to you go to try and help them. You are and you have to stay with them and render whatever aid you can until actual aid comes along. It's that same principle. These people decided, oh, you're too fucked up to go home. We'll take you, and then they they negated their responsibility to actually get her to home, get her to some sort of safety, and she fu- and she fucking fro- like frozen had severe so to me it's criminal negligence because had they not decided oh hey we're gonna be we're gonna be the guys that take you home somebody else may have and she she may actually have made it inside all right i'm not saying that everybody's not it everybody's not liable here i think she's just as liable because yes it was underage drinking and yes she made her own decisions to do that i'm not saying anything about that and it's her consequences she has to live with them i mean obviously she's going to learn a life lesson out of this but i don't think that you can take somebody and then them try them try and you know 
You, you, you offered, we're going to get you to your house. Well, you didn't get her to her house. You didn't make sure she went inside. You didn't do that. You failed in your responsibility to take care of her because she obviously was too fucked up to be in any position to go, to go and actually make herself home. So I think everybody's liable. I mean, I think they might be, you know, it depends on like if they were the ones that got her drunk or whatnot, maybe. But I, I mean, I think really just, you know, underage drinking or contributing to the alcoholism of a minor. I mean, it's really, I think the far as you can go with it. I mean, I don't. Just because, like I said, it's <laughs> you should know where you live. But if you're too <laughs> fucked up, I mean, about the only thing you could possibly ask is like you know, which I guess is not the the case in, in this situation. They could have checked an ID of hers to see where she lived, but probably didn't have one if we're underage drinking. Well, I mean, and then and then probably not that many people have an actual state the, ID. The question that came up was, how far do you push it? Is the person that bought the alcohol because somebody was legal to buy the alcohol? Are they liable then? See, I think that's that's just being overly litigious to like like I'm gonna sue the guy that bought the alcohol with the like the chopping off of limbs. I I, I mean I, I think I, the only I really think the only way you can as far as you can go with that is is just contributing to the alcoholism of a minor. So so uh, but so I mean uh, I mean you made the decision to go out there and drink. You made the decision you know to to not be able to to find your house. I mean the only I mean the only person I think that could be responsible other than other than her would be the people that live in the house, but they were obviously asleep and didn't see this happen, so they're not. I mean, if, if they would have, like, opened the door and been like, no, you don't live here, and closed the door, and fell asleep on the porch and, you know, and, and, and this happened to her, I could see them maybe then being responsible. But see, I, I, I totally disagree. Like, okay, I don't know where the alcohol came from, and yes, I do agree with, I think it's way overboard to try and trace it out, because they may have stole it from a parent's liquor cabinet, which... If it's, I, I disagree with that. I'm, I'm not saying anyone's more innocent than anybody else here. But if you decide, okay, this chick is really fucked up. I'm going to take care of it. It is your responsibility to take care of it. And by you doing that, someone well, else I mean, that would have done a better job. You're. It's. I don't see a difference. I still well, think I you mean, were maybe it wasn't their responsibility. Maybe it wasn't their idea to take her home. Maybe she was like, "Take me home." And they're like, "Fuck, I have to take this drunk chick home." Well, then they shouldn't have done it. For all we know, they were the only person there with the car, or they were the only. Or whatnot, or I mean, they're like, hey, look, this is the house she lives at, that's the house she said she lived at. Well, I mean, is it any different, though? Like, if someone's hurt on the side of the road, and you pull over to try and help them, and then decide, oh, shit, I'm gonna be late for work and leave, and other people that would've legitimately passed, I mean, you should be in trouble, correct? Or do you disagree with that concept? I'd almost be careful to stop you in the first place, because they probably will sue you for stopping nowadays. Well, no, I'm saying, like, I, I mean, that, but that's, that's the argument, that's the Good Samaritan Law, is, if you're gonna, if you're not gonna stop, don't stop. I mean, you can call the cops as you're going, or do whatever you're going to do as you're driving by, but if you stop and are going to try and help, you are responsible to help that situation until authorities do arrive. That is, that's the way it is. Because if you stop and then decide, oh, this is beyond me, somebody that actually could have been benefit is going to go ahead and go, oh, the situation's taken care of. I don't need to, I don't need to stop. I feel like it is the exact same, the exact same scenario here. But on that, I mean, on that same token, someone could, someone could have still, stood up there at the party be like hey let me go with you too to make sure i mean at that point everyone at the party's liable i just dis i disagree because that's a general that's a that's a general place and they may not have been totally and, oh say so, and then anybody on this like okay someone's hurt on the side of the road and you stop to help them well i think anybody that's still legitimately i guess a good samaritan would still stop regardless if there was somebody there or not if the, but if there's six people there why would you stop like oh hey they've obviously got this taken care of like because there's six people here like, this is obviously, I don't need to help. But if you see, like, say a guy on a motorcycle that's turned over by himself and there's nobody else around and you're on, it like, a deserted road, yes, I think you, it's, if you're going to ignore it, fine, ignore it. But if you're going to pull over, you have to do whatever to help him. Even if the motherfucker's dead, 
you still have to call them and wait for the cops to get here and be like, okay, here's your statement, and you go on about your way. I mean, I, I feel like that's that's your obligation. I mean, granted, these people still have to live with the fact that their stupid decisions cost this girl her arms and legs. I mean, that's a hell of a concept to live with. I mean, that's that's tough, but I I maintain the fact that, no, you said you had her back. You did a bad job. You should be in trouble for it, because somebody else might have done a better job. Or, why didn't whoever's fucking house it was been like, hey... This is my house, just crash here. I mean, that would have been a better option, too. They probably probably would have been the option had somebody not decided, oh, hey, I'll get her. I think still, regardless, I mean, it was her, it was her decision to be at the party. It was I her agree. decision to drink. It was her decision probably to go home. So, I mean, it, it all comes back on her, I think, really. I, I agree. It is her fault. It is her, yes, it is her idea. But that doesn't negate everyone else's responsibility there. Because, like, like I said, if you start, you know, blaming them for not staying, I mean, how long do you, I mean... If, say, they made it to her house and she dies of alcohol poisoning, should they have stayed there all night to make sure she doesn't die of alcohol poisoning in, in her own house? Should they, you know, should, should they, should they stay with her the rest of her, the rest of her life to make sure, like, she doesn't get hit by a bus? I mean, how far does it need to go? It doesn't need to go any further than the fact that they took her to her house where she was safe out of the fucking freezing cold. And if they didn't think that they could get her, th I mean, it's real fucking simple. You take a drunk chick home, you let her get to the door and clear the fucking door. Because even if it is the wrong house, and then somebody's like, oh, hey, here's the drunk chick, and this is the wrong house. One of two reactions will happen, like, oh, sorry, hon, go crash it out on my couch, and we'll sort it out in the morning. Or some creepy guy's like, cha-ching, best, best night ever. Whatever happens, but... They got, you know what I mean. I, I I disagree with it. I think I think it is so wrong. I think it is so. Fucked see, up that's that the thing is like, would it be would they be liable if she got raped? Then if she does go into the wrong house, she gets into the house and it's the wrong wrong fucking house, and it's like some guy rapes her. Are they then liable for the rape? Well, she got in. That's I a mean, point. I, I, I mean, yeah, I guess it was probably wrong of them not to sit there, but I don't think they're liable. See, I I I, I disagree. Because, I completely disagree. I mean, I guess you need to learn to take you know take your own actions as, as what they are. And there's, there's a, that's a lot of the big problem nowadays, I think, is people are like, oh, well, it's everyone else's Well, that's else's the fault. exact same that's fucking happened, is these people are not taking responsibility of their action of not fucking making sure she got home, not making sure that she was safe. That's just as much their fault as it is hers. Like, yes, she's, she's reaped what she's sown. I made a bad decision and I didn't think things through and I went home with the wrong fucking people and all that shit happened because I, I got completely shit faced whenever I didn't have any business to be shit faced or whatever the fucking sort situation was. But there still should be repercussions. It shouldn't be a, oh, hands off. No, I'm out of the loop here because she made her own decisions on this. Bullshit. You, you went with her. You decided you were going to help her. Yeah. And then we, I mean, the other thing we're not taking into account is like, you know, what was, what were they talking about on the ride home? What, what was the conversation like for all this? I mean, for all we know, she's like, no, no, I got this. Or, or, no, I don't want to go home with you, you creepy douchebag. Take me to my house. Or, no, I, the person in the house they were at is like, no, you can't stay here. I mean, we don't know any of that stuff. Right. And, and we'll I never agree. know we're any of that assuming. stuff because. I mean, we're all experts because we're based on assumption. I agree with that. I mean, we don't know any of the, the inner meaning parts of that because for all we know, like I said, it could have been. Many situations that led her up to there, and we'll, I think we'll never know the truth because everyone's going to lie to cover their own ass now because they're all afraid of... I, I'm sure the liquor company right now is trying to come up with a story. I think it's going to go back that far on them. I, I realize that I am in the rare position of actually advocating intervention by a government authority. I, I realize that, but... I still feel that, like, some type of responsibility is beyond just, I mean, f is yeah, I mean, look, we've, we've all drank and we've all been drunk and we've, or even just a little drunk and really is all it takes, but you're, you're, you're sitting there thinking like, oh no, that, like, this is cool. This is right. I, this is my house. Of course it is. 
I'll be fine, guys. I mean, how many, how many times have you, you had a drink and been like, no, no, this is cooler. I'll be fine and said something like that. Or, this is a great idea. I'm sure it was probably something along those lines. She, she either assumed what she knew it was doing was, was the right decision or. I mean, but I'm sure a lot of it was, which I guess goes back to the whole thing of like, you know, it's more than just an advertisement to drink responsibly. Like, actually take some consideration into, you know, who is going to be the one that's going to get me to safety? Or who is going to be the one that's going to be the sober mind? To inter- I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Like, there was a lot of bad decisions made. And I think a lot more people are liable than just her. I mean, I, I don't think it, no, no one's walking away with a clean slate here. I mean, even, like, I don't think there's any way you can press charges on the person that threw the party. I don't think you can. I don't think that it goes back that far. But... I think that you would still have to feel some type of some type of remorse for the fact that oh hey she was at my house and she got that fucked up and blah 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 and this is what happened to her. Yeah, I mean the only thing I can think really is just like like attributing to alcoholism of a minor or underage drinking. I don't even know how old these people were that that did this. The way that I understood the story, and that's again this is all assumption and it's all hearsay, but the way that I understood the story was that she was they were like all in the nineteen nineteen twenty bracket. I don't know, you know what I'm saying, so. Oh, they were at a speakeasy, I understand. Not that kind of 1920s bracket? No, 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 like in the 19 and 20 bracket, like the sub-21 bracket. Ah. But apparently they were college students, which, that says something about the higher education in America. Yeah, I mean, and for all we do, yeah, I mean, they, they could have been possibly living on their own at this point, so I mean... At that point in their life, they probably are responsible for ninety percent of their own actions, as is. Yeah, I it's agree not like we're with talking that. about. Not, we're not talking about like fifteen-year-olds, you know, you know, finding wine coolers. I, I, I guess I agree with that. Everybody, I think you're always responsible for your own actions. But I think what this kind of goes back to. Yes, I'm going to make this a fucking moral issue or a status issue or whatever, like a fucking cultural issue. But that's kind of the point we've gotten to. Yes, everybody is responsible for their own shit, but only as far as you can justify it. Because it's the same thing where you can go and you like okay, say you can be you can be a fifteen year old kid and you can go and poke and poke and poke and piss off someone that's over eighteen until they snap and they hit you. Well, then they're in trouble because even though you provoked it, I think that's bullshit. Yeah, I mean, there's that. I mean, like if they would have like left her on the side of the road, okay, yeah, it's their fault. Or like, hey, you can walk from here. Or like dr- even drop her like, hey, this is my block. Just drop me off at the corner. Okay, maybe then they went to an address which. I mean, I mean, that's another thing is that can make this like, maybe she said the right address, but they went to the wrong one. Okay. Yeah. They're liable then, but we'll never know. Right. We'll never know. And what I mean, she said. And I think that may be a lot of it is it may be something that no one ever knows. No one honestly may ever know the true events that did transpire. I mean, we're all living, we're all left over with, you know, it's all the leftovers in the shadows of what actually legitimately did happen. Yeah. I mean, uh, even if there's a big investigation where they get, where they go talk to her and they go talk to these people and they go talk to the people at the party and. They're all going to say stuff, and you know, they're, they're, and I can tell you for sure, every story is going to be almost as as, as different. Going to be different. I don't have an analogy for it. No, I, I thought I did. Right. You're just never going to get a, a true statement about whatever happened. So, which is something you need to think about when you do stuff. Right. I mean, I, I think it's definitely a tale of like, you know, pick your pick your environment and be a little more conscious about what could happen. Because I mean, dude, all. Oh, I'm just gonna go out and have a good time and look how bad this bit this chick in the ass. I mean, you know, or fro- or frost bitter in the hands or whatever you know you want to make. It, it it fucked her it fucked her life up, which is really sad. But again, it was decision. It was bad decisions made all around. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 no good person in this story. I agree, and I think that's a lot of 
I think that's probably one of my, yeah, and I'm going on this tangent for a minute, but I think that's a lot of my problem with uh, popular media perception is, you know, they try and illustrate a definite good guy and a definite bad guy. And I don't think in almost any situation, I don't think anybody is completely 100% correct and are 100% not correct. There's always shades of gray in every situation. Yeah. So. I, I guess a good way to put it is, I mean, they're they're going to make it up to the, so I know they're going to make it up where it looks like it's, you know, all their fault in the news and, and she's the good person in this, which, yeah, I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, this example I can po- point to recently is, um, I don't know if you're aware of that, that two-night event, that Bonnie and Clyde, like, miniseries uh, thing. I am now. That? Oh, it was pretty damn cool. I'd give, give it a watch. Um, it was It's like four hours long. It was this little two-part miniseries that, I want to say, it was on a couple networks in a row, but that's not really important. It's about Bonnie and Clyde, so they're, they're the protagonist of the story the entire time right and you know they go through it all and it's actually done almost kind of like almost like a flashbacky from from clyde's point of view in a way mm-hmm. where he's kind of like narrating at times and it starts off it, it's it starts off with him narrating and them showing the car all shot up oh that's cool so it's very much like i know it's very much like just because i'm telling you the story doesn't mean i'm alive at the end style nice so very noir in that respect great thing but like i said they, they build this up this entire thing, and, you know, they make them out to be, I guess, you know, like I said, the protagonist, the guy that you're rooting for in the story. And they do a really good job of, you know, building it up to right when it, right when the end comes to, for you to be like, oh, they got all shot up. And, oh, they're not that bad of people. They fucking murdered, like, billions of people. Yes, billions of people they murdered. Why not? I'm not prone to hyperbole ever. But, I mean, like, look, they were the bad guys in that. I mean, but in that... <laughs> they killed all these people, but yet they still make you feel sorry for them in the show. But, I mean, isn't that just a case of, like... I mean, one, that's either an unreliable narrator as far as, uh, like, you know, literature goes, or it's, I mean, that whole case of the victors write the history books. So I'm not saying it's a bad story, and it's not even a... It actually makes it probably a better-told story that they successfully made, you know, murderers out to be the hero of a story. Right. And, and you know, do just as good of a job to make it look like, you know, oh, well, Bonnie just took Clyde in and, you know, forced him to do all this stuff. Bullshit! He robbed banks before her. her and Have you ever seen the, like, the 60s Bonnie and Clyde movie? Because it's actually kind of the other way. Yeah, we're like, it's actually a, an amazing movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> I, I haven't seen that one. It's just, I don't know, it's, which I suggest you watch it. It was pretty enjoyable. Um, I, I'm, no, I'm actually pretty intrigued by this, so yeah. No, I mean, yeah, might be able to find it, like, on the internet already, like, on... Uh, I know it was the History Channel, um, A&E, and, oddly enough, Lifetime were the three networks that got together to make this. Well, I mean, but, but you know that, like, A&E and Lifetime and History Channel, like, that what their name is actually means nothing anymore. Pretty much, yeah. Like, <laughs> which, I'm sure it's just all the, whatever grand corporation owns all three of them. Right, yeah. Eurasia so or the Lifetime- it is, yeah. Yeah, did did the lifetime name ever actually mean anything though? Really? I think it was like supposed to be something aimed at like. I mean, I know it was like the network for women, but I think it was actually something along the lines of like movies to help you during, you know, like inspirational type shit. Is the way I understood it, but I may be wrong. <laughs> As I maintain, did their name ever mean anything? Good point. I can't really argue with that. Ever since I got took in by him once. So, have you told that story yet? I don't know, but I'll go for it again real quickly. I think I might have, but there's a couple words that always get me to watch a movie. And and this one was, I'm flipping through the channels and I see like the description is, you know, in, in a post-apocalyptic dystopian future, you, you know, the last remnants of humanity fight for existence. And I'm like, I'm fucking in? I am fucking in. And I got all excited to watch this movie. You know, it's like, oh, look out, the Armageddon has been here. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, where's this going? 
and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Jesus pops out all out of nowhere. <laughs> like, like, holy Christ, Jesus, man. <laughs> and it becomes this big Jesus movie. I'm like, okay, well, fine. I, I guess I could watch this still. Um, it's about, like, the rapture or something. Yeah, yeah, that, that's something. And then, like, it, it seriously ends, one, it ends happy, so it's obviously not a dystopian story. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest problem there. Uh, uh, two, it's like, a, it's very much like, and we all learned a valuable lesson was the ending. And it gets worse. even worse. Oh, it gets even worse. They throw up this big title screen, like like a title card at the end. But instead of you know telling you like this happened a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, mm-hmm. it tells you like, and this could happen in your home or your <laughs> home or your home. It's like this. This is the world that'll happen if we don't accept Jesus into our lives. You must stop this now by believing strong and hard in the great spirit in the sky. You know the place you go when you die. Oh, when you die. Like the yeah. place that when you when they, they lay, lay you down rest. to rest and it's the best. It's the place that's gonna be the best. Yeah. How many times have we done that now? I don't know. <laughs> Is it the only like Jesus song we can think of off the top of our heads ever? Uh, I, I didn't even know it was a Jesus song. Is it? Yeah. I mean, it's the going to the place that's the best. You know, when when you die. Do you think so? Uh, since we've referenced it this many times, do you think Norman Greenbaum is going to want royalties yet? Um, well, whenever we start making money, we'll consider it. But you got to get way in line behind your Orwells and your Sagans and your Nicholas Cages and how goddamn horrible the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was. I think because we're doing it as you know as as commentary on it, we're like you know under the same laws as like parody and like documentaries. And, and you know since we are singing it ourselves and not playing his version, it's obviously a, a cover. And presumably it's less than 10% as well. So, I think we're good. I, th- I think our asses are covered. I don't know, are we in the wrong here? I don't feel like I'm wrong, and so that's... I'm gonna roll with it. It's fine. We're no, we're not responsible for our own behavior, because this is America, and we can find a lawyer to prove that we're crazy. <laughs> and we've and we've brought it back. <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess my point in that whole digression was, you know, just just because something bad happens to you doesn't mean you're the hero for the story. Yeah. You reap what you sow is what I'm telling you. Oh, I, I was not, uh, wasn't, wasn't denouncing that. Oh, on a, uh, so Brent is uh, trolling us on Skype. Um, apparently our podcast is as meaningless as a 10 mile per gallon Prius, which we do appreciate, Brent. We appreciate hate mail, but we have a goddamn hate mail column on our goddamn website. Go fucking leave it there, you cunt. Stop doing it the wrong way. That's right. You're a listener of ours and I'm going to berate just you. And, and he's not trolling me, sadly, which I shouldn't have said that. Now I'm going to get trolled in the next episode, aren't I? I mean, it's here. I'm going to tell him right now. Troll Brewer. He did send me a video of him flipping me off a couple days ago. Brent's trolling me now, by the way. <laughs> uh, I got, I got, you don't matter. You aren't Jarrett. Fuck your couch. Something else derogatory. And boo. Once again, hate mail column on the website. And a way to leave comments on our Facebook. And on our iTunes. And you're gonna choose while we're doing an episode on Skype. Which probably means that all the rest of you are gonna choose to do this while we're recording an episode on Skype. But it seems like you could actually do this in its proper form. Which is probably the more I bitch about this, the more you're gonna, you're gonna do it wrong. <laughs> do I need to send you a link so you know where the hate mail is? Actually, fuck it. I'm doing that. You're going to have a link to where the hate mail is so you know how to do it right. Oh, now he's sending me a picture of something. Uh, be scared. I Yeah, I know. I'm going to click save as, so let's hope I don't... He has sent me Golden Girls. 
Not not in the picture. He just said Golden Girls to me. Apparently now he's telling me that Harold and Kumar escaped from white prison. <laughs> I like words. <laughs> That's pretty much what we're getting out of this, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to send him a fucking random words then. I, I'm seeing a blink to, I'm going to rickroll him. Oh, I got a picture. What's it up? Oh, God! <laughs> what is it? Brent's penis! <laughs> so I guess it was a small picture? Small file? <laughs> well, it's still in its pants, sadly. Or, not sadly, or... I guess sadly, because if it was a picture of Brent's penis out, it'd be on the website right now. <laughs> I'm still going to put this picture up. Oh. Uh, <laughs> to punish him. Uh, <laughs> I'm, si- I'm sitting in the uh, Nick- Nicolas Cage, Miley Cyrus thing, because I just... I... <laughs> Do I have any other silly pictures? Oh, um... Hitler? Hitler's nipples, yeah. <laughs> Hitler boobs. Yeah, of course. Because it's the silliest picture I have on my computer. Since I, since I don't know where, where to find George Bush eating the kitten anymore. Now he's, si- now he's sending me things. Oh, he sent me a picture of something. I don't know what it is. I guess it's like, oh, it's like genitals that are all, like, infected. Oh. Yeah, he seems to have sent that to me, for sure. Does, do you think he knows he's on our podcast? Probably not. This isn't really going the way that I thought it would go. Yeah, sadly it's not. Well, does it ever go the way we want it to go with Brent? You failed, Brent! You yeah. fucked it up. We were going to have a fun joke that you could enjoy and I could enjoy and we could all enjoy together, but you fucked it up for all of us. You're not funny. Your pictures of infected genitals are not are not funny. Frankly, boo. Boo hiss on you. But thanks for listening. So, Brewer, do you have do you have any last words to leave for the good people? When the Pharisee who invited Jesus into his house saw this, he spoke to himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, he would know who and what matter of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered him and said, Simon, I'm telling you this only because I'm your friend. Sometimes, in the heat of the moment, is forgivable to go ass to mouth. Amen. It's getting cold outside. I need to eat some... Hot soups to warm me up. Nothing makes me hotter than finding my way over to fortunateagainst.wordpress.com, stroking my fingers across their Facebook page, or listening to them via iTunes. Oh yeah, they have all the right moves and oral pleasure. <sighs> oh my. Oh goodness. I know you're John fingering to my voice. Well, I mean, would you rather have head or would you rather chase tail? Well, I mean, I guess you're already getting the head, so you're not having to chase it. But I guess we don't know what we're getting head from. I, this is podcast stuff. Why am I talking to you? Why am I talking to you now? Let's start a show. <laughs> Why am I talking to you right before I talk to you? Yes.